0: As much as we all know that there's a mandate to fix a lot of buildings, there's only one way the building gets fixed, and that is if a contractor does the work. This is The One and Only, the original podcast where you can find yours and your business's true value. You're listening to R-Value.
1: Brought to you by America's Insulation source, IDI Distributors.
0: You want to hear from the best contractors, suppliers, and consultants that dedicate themselves to more than just survival in the business world? Industry professionals that are dedicated to excellence in every
1: aspect of their business?
0: R-Value has them all here to share that same motivation and knowledge with you. Tune in and grow a more successful, profitable, educated, and recognized business. Listen to the R-Value podcast to become the industry leader in your market. Find your value with R-Value.
1: Welcome all you incredible insulators and critical contractors in and around the home performance industry. We are about to get some golden nuggets of masterful marketing on the Information Express known as the R-Value podcast. Today we have Peter Trost the founder and CEO of Energy Circle. For those of you that don't know who that is, you really should. So today he is coming on to tell you insulators a little bit about what he sees in the future and planning for 2023. And quite frankly, I'm excited. I want to remind everyone... When we're talking about the Inflation Reduction Act, which is really what 2023 is about, we are talking about billions and billions of dollars. By the end of 23, early adopters will be getting rebates and the American consumer will be waking up to the idea, thanks to their neighbor and their newfound money, that they need to fix their homes and how much money they can get for doing it. And it's a lot. So, Peter, thank you for joining today. Ken, thank you so much for having me, and thank you for doing this. What a what a great service this podcast is to all of us. We are going to talk about marketing, the IRA, incentives, rebates. Before we get into that, can you give a quick elevator pitch or mission statement for Energy Circle and what you guys do?
0: Yes, thank you. Uh, so for about 12 years, Energy Circle has been providing marketing services to a particular uh, niche of contractors that we consider to be, you know, we call high performance. So uh, typically these are contractors that have adopted, you know, principles of building science that, that are working around the uh, idea of the house as a system. And, you know, as a result of which have cho- you know have produced better businesses, we think, that sell bigger jobs, that have better close rates and and do things better because they've uh, made a choice to differentiate themselves on the basis of a, sort of a higher level of quality and a different way of doing things. And so as much as we all know that there's a mandate to fix a lot of buildings, there's only one way the building gets fixed, and that is if a, if a contractor does the work. And so we made a, kind of a decision strategically. We just want to go help contractors contractors be better uh, and consequently uh, you know drive more uh, the fixing of a lot more homes
1: I think you said it at the very beginning of your statement you know really what I see you guys doing is uh, getting people better jobs that are typically higher margin jobs you know and that just equates to a healthy company when you look at key phrase keyword searches right now are you seeing consumer movement already on the inflation reduction act topics and those types of things
0: yes uh we are and so and primarily where we're starting to see this is in the you know performance of our individual clients where we have already uh made the moves to make sure that they have uh very good landing pages around the ira around incentives and rebates and tax credits generally and uh and what we're seeing is that those that content that we have produced over the course of the last you know, few months since the IRA was enacted uh, is performing really well. I got some stats from my team earlier that uh just you know just singular blog posts that are you know seeing a doubling of traffic month over month over month, which is, you know, while this is somewhat anecdotal just based on folks that we are working with and our clients, uh what what we're seeing is, is I think, proof enough that there is growing consumer awareness about uh, the IRA and about these provisions and, uh, and a lot of anticipation going into next year, which, as you know, has some complications. And we can probably talk a little bit about that. Um, the other thing I just want to mention, Ken, related to keyword trends is that, uh, i think we all just need to remind ourselves of the uh of the the era that we are living in now with respect to energy prices and and really there isn't much comparable in the last 10 12 years to to these level these high prices that we're experiencing now that it, it you know that it goes back to about 2008 2009 at that time period and so you know both that was both a time of uh, economic stress but also a time of high energy prices and what happened in that time frame is that the values of energy efficiency and cost saving grew and so you know for much of the last you know since then we've not we've you know energy prices came down we've been talking about comfort we've been Pitching, you know, health, and and various other benefits. But what I just want to make clear here is that we are seeing a resurgence of of interest and search in energy efficiency, uh, uh, just for its value itself from a cost saving standpoint. Um, and and what's very good for the insulation uh, world is that most homeowners, when they think about energy efficiency immediately think that the primary solution they can they can go for is related to to, to insulation so uh, so that's a good you know good thing and another trend I think that's happening now in addition to the IRA
1: I'm very glad for that and I'm glad to see the the topics you know obviously there's the green topics of saving energy and going electric but the topics of saving money on energy, Really do play to a strength of insulation. I, I completely agree with that, and I think that when you mention someone's uh, single blog post doubling, yeah, in my mind that immediately goes to numbers. I'm just you know this is survival. This is you know what what I've got to do to get seen. So that means if in my first month I get four reads in month seven, I'm getting 256, and then the, the following month, you know, I'm well beyond 512, and so it it just shows you how you can start this train rolling and then it becomes this exponential generator of income. And just like you're buying equipment to generate income, marketing generates income. And so I I see that now um, I mentioned green and I think everyone wants to use less energy. I'm not, you know, there's, you don't have to be altruistic to want to use less energy Um, and they want to be more green conscious, but it seems like we don't want to sacrifice for it. It's like everyone wants to be seen gr- as green as long as they don't have to pay for it. And I know health and comfort have been our big motivators, uh, obviously, since 2020. But is it best to blend the energy saving message into a healthy home message uh, as well? Or is it really separated by income level?
0: Well, I mean, income level is clearly, you know, clearly very relevant to how, uh, you know, how, you um, how much the message of of cost savings, you know, matters to any individual, you know, family, right? So, so it's clearly the, you know, the low and moderate income audiences that are, you know, feeling the pressure of, you know, natural gas since last winter up 21%, heating oil up 19%, you know, electricity up 4%. So these are year over year numbers and they're very meaningful and they're quite high. And we're, you know, I think we're not really... Talking about them enough, right? As an industry, mm-hmm. we've sort of forgotten a little bit about it. You know, one of the fundamental truths, which gets to your question, is that uh, people enter our sphere, right, for lots and lots of reasons, and and it's almost always some single thing, right? A single measure that you know they've concluded that that bloody room over the garage is just, you know, I don't want to go through another winter with that room being so terribly cold. Right. And so, so we want to address that. So what we're looking for, and I think where, where, where we've developed a lot of expertise is kind of casting a wide net for people that may enter into our sphere for lots and lots of reasons. It may be that uh, a health related reason, right? There's preparing the nest for the birth of their, your first child, for example, uh, is a really significant driver. And all of these things for Uh, contractors that do have a building science approach that kind of take a diagnostic approach, first step to help that homeowner understand let's let's really paint the picture of what your house really needs that uh, has proven to be a lot of resilience around okay suddenly efficiency and cost savings are up and you know we feel like in, sadly some of the uh, some of the you know uh, attention and and to to healthy homes since co website is going to come up and the internal revenue service website is going to come up and so forth but if you really good conversion when we get to those pages so it it really my my case for this first mover advantage is Get that content up first, beat your competitors to that content. and you have every chance at that point of never, you know getting earning that pedestal and never falling off of it uh, because you got out there first and you you've tended uh, things and and kept them going.
1: So with that in mind, then I would really need pages for the lure I'm using. In other words, my squeeze right. page, my landing page, where I bring that person should marry up to the marketing I have landing on that page.
0: That is exactly the point, right? And so so that, uh, that means having a breadth of content. Uh, we've obviously talked about IRA, and I think that's going to be a driver of traffic. Uh, but all of the traditional types of terms around insulation are as well. And those divide up into three main buckets. One is uh, rooms of the house, uh, like attic insulation. One is types of insulation, like spray foam. Uh, the other is the business of of uh, installing installation, installation installer or contractor, et cetera. And, you know, uh, we all know this, I think, uh, and and it's great news, spray foam reigns king. Uh, the, the, you know, that search term uh, continues to be a massive Uh, driver of traffic more so than anything else, probably followed secondarily by attic insulation and so forth. But you need, in order to win traffic for those things and win traffic to spray foam, you've got to have a really, really good spray foam page. And also not just a solo page, like the best case scenario is lots of supporting content around spray foam that answers everyone's questions. You know, how does it work? How much does it cost? Uh, You know, what is, what are its benefits? All of these kinds of things that can all be, you know, supportive content that help you really build up a a very uh, heavy and credible bolus of content around a t- subject like spray foam.
1: So, I'm seeing it as whether it's fiberglass or spray foam. I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to need at least five buckets relating to each one because if i'm bringing someone through less dust allergies asthma health that's one bucket if i'm bringing them through finding an an insulator for spray foam how does spray foam work i mean you can you could probably clearly define the buckets giving each bucket two main subjects and maybe you know three below each of those so i i can see how you could you know almost make a reverse funnel that captures on the landing pages but one landing page for spray foam in my mind and one landing page for fiberglass just aren't going to cut it. So, That's right. But
0: at the same time, you know, start with where you are, because if, if you know, if the simplest way to think about this is to make sure that you have a page for every one of the significant services that you sell, right? And so so if you do spray foam, make sure you got a solid spray foam page. If you also do cellulose, make sure you've got a cellulose page. If you do fiberglass bats, make sure you've got that, et cetera, right? And so- right. All that, services- that, All services. And that's the starting point. And, and listen, doing that makes you better than 90% of the rest of the market, right? So, so if you, you know, get there, and then we can start talking about these, this kind of uh, 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 sort of
1: infrastructure underneath those pages that
0: really uh, build them up and make them
1: supportive. How much do you see saving money searches trending? And as a follow-up to that, do you still see health trending?
0: Yeah, good question I, I it's we are we are this is a little bit of a um, you know, Gretzky analogy of skate to where the puck is gonna be. And so, you know, we are just seeing similar patterns to what we saw 10 years ago. So we're making some bets on the, you know, on the uh the saving money and the energy efficiency kinds of things being more so in the mix given the general state of energy prices. So so that's uh but at the same time we're seeing success. So so you know the, the bets that we made two, three months ago to prepare for this winter uh seem to to be paying off. In the healthcare category uh things have tailed off a bit since the peak of covid but uh but continue to be there and here's the the main thing to know about uh people's interest in health and their awareness about the possibility there's something wrong in their home uh, tends to start with a, a question in people's minds, which is, is my home safe, is safe right? Is there something wrong with my home? Uh, is my house, you know, the famous line, is your house making making you sick? Uh, those are the, that is oftentimes the starting point. So what people are looking for to begin with is some kind of a diagnostic approach to say, uh, come to my house and tell me whether that's there. And so we've encouraged folks who already have some kind of an energy auditing process to just augment that process around uh, healthy home assessment as a, as a way to get that people uh, through the door. Now there's one big um caveat to this whole discussion. And this is a regional thing, but this has to do with forest fire smoke. And so a huge driver of, uh, you know, concern about indoor air quality has been those locations uh, in the summer that are subject to all of the fire, you know, fire smoke, uh, forest fire smoke, obviously largely concentrated in the West, but not exclusively. And this is really, really interesting around uh, air sealing because yeah, we've always had a hard time explaining the value of air conditioning, or excuse me, of air sealing, uh, and um, and now the the conversation at the kitchen table that the reason we want to prevent infiltration uh, in your building envelope is to keep the smoke out becomes suddenly very very tangible for people, and so so we're finding that that's a you know that in those regions that's that's really powerful.
1: Uh, one thing you did bring up you know, which this is going back towards the the money side trending. You talk about the, am I eligible crowd? And, yeah. and I know they're, they're definitely going to be a big target. Like you said, skate to where the puck is. You often talk about having long form incentives and financing pages and yeah. their success. I know I've seen people with uh, story pages or squeeze pages that just were incredible at uh, generating. So We're going to add a link to your example page for sure on, you know, optimizing, but can you expand on that? Because I think long form pages are the ticket to the future.
0: Yeah, the reason. So, when just to be clear, what we're talking about is a landing page is you know a page on a website, not a separate website or not in any way kind of a separate thing. It's it's the page on your website. So, let's use spray foam. Well, we will use the incentives page as as an example here. Uh, you with the coming of the IRA and and not just with the IRA, but you know people need to understand financing and they need to understand what other state incentives might exist in your area. The uh, the having a really solid page about that. Uh, is the ticket to gaining that traffic. And when we say long form, uh, what we're saying is that for most of these topics, right, whether it's incentives or whether it's spray foam, these are educationally intensive topics. People have a lot of questions about it. They have curiosity about it. And we need to approach it from an educational standpoint so uh doing so in a long form which means a you know good storytelling right it doesn't mean a sea of text it means a well laid out uh page that guides people to to the questions that they need is nicely designed and has a very very clear call to action here is why you know here's the value exchange between me giving you my name in exchange for something in return uh with all the fear of getting you know aggressively sold to uh, in the mix of that, we have to we have to do that well, and that's that's the science, right? That's what we are constantly working on, tweaking, never-ending uh, sort of process of how do we make that page uh, work even even better. And so, one way to think about this is for any service, for any major thing that you are selling, you ought to be thinking about a landing page, and think about the length of that and how long form it needs to be based on what you already know customers ask you about that, you know, do you, you know, do you get a ton of questions about spray foam? Do you get a ton of questions about, well, what about cellulose and how does that work? Uh, and so if the, if it is, if you know it to be a more uh, question intensive topic, then that's your cue to say, we should make a long form landing page for that.
1: Well, and I think also if you're walking someone through a story, Then that long form pages are great. If I'm trying to take you from A to B, and A being, you know, you're considering adding fiberglass to your attic, B being, oh, heck no, I'm not doing that. And so, you know, if, if that starts out with, you're not going to get a good air seal and the air seal is the most important thing and you won't get one unless you vac out the old stuff. Yeah. And by the time you talk about going down to the rental yard, grabbing a vacuum, bringing it back, it's half as good as the new one. insulator insulators got you're raking your head against nails on the roof, but be very careful. Don't get that stuff in your skin. You know, click here. If you don't want to do this, I think those kinds of pages are just almost heroic in terms of their ability to convert.
0: Exactly, exactly. And, you know, you just made a point there, Ken, of, uh, you know, a fair amount of traffic, and I think this is going to be especially true with this. these moderate income audiences, are going to think first DIY, right? They're, yes, they're, a lot of them. A lot of them are. And so what we're doing in terms of the targeting of them is targeting a lot of places where people are thinking that they have to do it themselves because they're unaware these incentives exist right? They're unaware of of how much money they could potentially get and really interrupting them and saying, look, you don't have to do this yourself. Yeah. You can hire somebody. Uh, you can hire a contractor to do this work and take advantage of these very, very significant incentives.
1: Yeah. It's the magic. And then now your website, you, you highlight the advantage of creating a lot of links to and from these pages. You mentioned blogs, videos, yeah. FAQs. A- am I safe to say You know, I'm just because I got a follow-up question for this, but am I safe to say content's never been more important?
0: You are absolutely safe to say that.
1: So with that, is there one form that you consider to be the most important? These guys out there, they're dying for time. They have so little time to do their marketing. Mm. How do you rank what they should be doing? Because, you know, they've got case studies, they'll have this and that, and they want to take people maybe to a phone manufacturer's website for a case study or something. What do you think is best if I'm trying to get me leads and not the company I buy products from?
0: Yeah. Well, I I think what I said earlier, which is, first of all, make sure you've got a page for the most important services that you sell. That's the that's the anti. You know, if you can get there, uh, you're 90 you're ahead of 90 percent of the market uh, and then you can kind of build on that. And what there's a couple of things, you know, having the content is sort of the is part one freshness, right? the uh, constant sort of uh, changing of your website, the updating of your website on a regular basis in a way that the Google search engine sees it uh, is is kind of part two. and so, what we try to advise here is make it easy on yourself right uh, case studies you know in the most case if they're set up properly and you don't uh, get too elaborate about what you're trying to tell in a case study they're pretty easy right you do a job you know what the uh you know you, wouldn't, you know what the CFM50 was but when you started and what it was that when you finished just get that stat in there and that kind of stuff can just be very easy to do. Somebody on your team can just be assigned with that. Same thing with you know, gathering uh, first party testimonials and reviews for your website. The other easy one, which is which is often overlooked is frequently asked questions, right? People ask you questions all the time a answer to a frequently asked question, which is terrific website content, is two sentences, right? Just just think about those and answer them. And hopefully, if you got a good structure to your website, all this stuff is tied together. Every question gets asked about spray foam is tied to the spray foam page, right? And so that's all supportive. To your question, Ken, about off-site links, off site links to uh, you know, to a manufacturer, to Department of Energy, to SPFA, to uh you know, buildingscience.com. There is credibility, the search engine values seeing that you are doing that, particularly if the link is to a very authoritative website, for example, like buildingscience.com. What I only would, would just say here is be careful. Those are leaks in your ship. Right, when you put a link somewhere, uh, it's an opportunity for somebody who you're trying to get to convert on your website to get lost off somewhere else. So always make sure that you those links are opening up a new tab or a new window, and just be judicious about where you locate them. Right, they are good things, but don't put them on the first page. Right, let people dig a little bit more, and if they're digging and they're looking for that much more information, then tell them, oh, here, go to the buildingscience.com and look at this article about the perfect wall.
1: That sounds wise. I didn't think of that. So the farther back, you know, keep reading if, if you want to see, you know, the, this link, but here's what I'm talking about. I can see where you could bury it farther down so that you had more time to capture. The other thing I saw was, you know, this latest study came out and it said that the number two search engine is YouTube. Yes, And, you know, that that's, you know, wow. Knowing how these guys are doing all this, you know, with this to-do list I was talking about, how do you decide what to do first? Like, yeah. should I have at least three to four blogs before I start trying to jump into video and creating that page? Or how important is my YouTube site compared to the other? Because I'm going to be trying to gather these people, but I absolutely can make video while I'm out there doing jobs on IRA projects.
0: So. Video is increasingly important and and it, you know, it is what homeowners want to see the the demand for it is there. Uh, Keep it short and simple. We we track the data on uh, on fall off rates. And then, you know, after 90 seconds, you see a significant kind of drop off. Here's the thing about video uh, that people sort of tend not to realize is that. A simple video with some, you know, just even your phone, just taking shots of spray foam being installed. People are fascinated by that and doing a voice, you know, whatever you have to say to voice over that, that recording is really perfectly fine content, right? You don't have to get all, you know, all in a twist about uh, production quality and getting it perfectly lit and all that kind of stuff. The other thing is that transcription these days, you know, uh, is dirt cheap. So, for you to do a video like that for 90 seconds and then just have that transcript of your voiceover uh, put into words in some ways, solves the kind of blog problem, right? Like, because you're getting blogs are simply a methodology for putting words on a page that Google consumes and can can use uh, to 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 sort of determine the authority and the content of your website. So, so doing those videos, uh, having a good voiceover that you can just uh, do spontaneously, and then transcribing those is 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 the magic. Uh, the thing to know when about uh, or to think about when you think about the YouTube as a search engine is, especially in the insulation category, it is very dominated by people looking for do-it-yourself solutions. And so that is not a bad thing necessarily because of what we said before, which is that more of the people in this moderate income Uh, category are thinking of doing it themselves, but not knowing that these incentives exist. So you can intercept them. It's just important to know that that's kind of what a preponderance of the YouTube insulation related searches tend to be in that category. Now, the other one that's funny kind of is that there's just an amazing fascination with watching foam expand, right? And so, you know, we've seen examples of of TikTok videos that have 42 million views and it's just a simple, you know, video of somebody
1: spraying, it, right? So there's a lot of that out there. You said to have things transcribed. So even the videos I have on there now, where where would you put that transcription?
0: Well, you can either just associate it with the video on your website, right? Just sort of, you know, you could make a sort of call it a blog post or whatever form you want, just to have that video and then include the transcription or uh, put it separately, right? You know, just turn the, you know, turn that transcription, the the word part of it into a, uh, you know, into a, a blog post that would be fine as well.
1: So as far as timing. I saw your chart on staging for twenty twenty three and breaking yeah. down your marketing focus for twenty twenty three into yeah. like tax credits q one, audience building q two. I, I think it's dead on. Um, you want to elaborate on that? Yes. Uh, I think
0: the thing that we all need to be very wary of here <clears throat> as we are, you know as as this um, uh, sort of interest in the IRA is building is that for most states, even the fastest states that are they're going those rebates are not going to be available till, Q3, Q4, and I'm hearing in some cases, not even until 2024. And so what we wanna be very careful about, and we're starting to see this already is creating uh, too much uh, uh, kind of demand for these incentives when they're not gonna be available. So what we're recommending is you know, go hard now on the tax credits, right? Starting Jan 1, uh, you've got a $1,200 tax credit for insulation and air sealing. Uh, We are sort of arguing, look, in the beginning of the year, make that your main priority. Build the platform so that later, as you have more visibility as to when your state is going to get those rebate dollars to market, uh, build that kind of IRA foundation and then prepare uh, when you know the dates to turn that, uh, you know, to turn that on aggressively. But it's, it's we all need to be very careful. And we're seeing some of this already where, you know, jobs that got sort of booked already in 2022, people are saying, I think I want to wait t- uh, till next year so I can get these rebates. And so, uh, so we just need to be aware of that. And obviously, you know, I would argue, get involved with your state energy office, because, you know, really, it's that, that, you know, the federal government's going to meet their deadline of the spring to get the money to the states. Uh, Once it's there, it's really up to those state energy offices to determine how quickly it's going to get into a program and figure out how it's going to get to market.
1: I know you say you want content from a- every angle and yep. be the local expert. Can can you talk about the first mover advantage and the magnitude or impact that has on your rankings in your market?
0: Yes. The, the first mover advantage is, is available to us for topics that are emerging right so IRA is a is one of those you know on the on the mechanical side heat pumps are, are, are one of those And so when you can be first uh, and meaning to that you can have the most authoritative website content about that topic in your marketplace uh, the chances of you getting dethroned from that, Position are very very low, and so getting there first has enormous value, right? And so, so that's why you know we're arguing get the content out there, be cautious, you know, about overhyping the rebates before they're going to be available. But getting that foundation in place and then being prepared to turn on the gas as soon as it's time—that's the—that's the, that's the uh, you know—that's our recommendation.
1: Perfect. So. Knowing that a lot of this really is geared to the lower middle income um, Mm -hmm. or median income, you know, on the lower income side, should I be reaching out to NPOs, you know, nonprofit organizations, program managers in my area where I live uh, to make sure they're aware of what's coming and helping them spread the word? In other words, you know, I could make a lot of free salespeople out of them. I'm just giving them one more thing. Hey, did you know? Do, Do you think that would be a worthwhile effort?
0: I think it. I think it is. I mean, obviously, every business has got to decide that this is a priority for them, and how and to what extent they want to prioritize these audiences. Uh, if you're going to be aggressive about it, uh, because they're because as we said, the, the so many of these rebates are oriented towards that low and moderate income audience, uh, that is a great way to do it. Like, right? get as many ambassadors out there, you know, pointing to you to say this is a company that can help you you know get your home fixed and take a full advantage of these i think that's that's really helpful uh you know the uh the targeting opportunities that exist in social uh, media facebook instagram for example uh and to a certain extent in google uh m- mean that when you are targeting that narrow of an audience, the cost to market to them is very, very reasonable. And so uh, and especially reasonable in the in the social media sphere. So so uh, you know, we're always for kind of, a, you know, whatever works kind of strategy, but if you have the wherewithal to get out there and really get, you know into the communities and to the places where the there is a, you know, there are touch points with with this particular audience to let them know, I think that that can be
1: uh, you know very, very fruitful. My content, I would love to try and gear it that way. And you bring this up, you know, targeting by zip code. Your site shared income by zip yes. I went on immediately and looked up where I live. I was like, wow, this is so cool. Yeah. So we'll share that. But you know, once you know your audience and your spin, I love your plan of the two-step video marketing. Your your blog talks about running an ad to a large group. And maybe seventy percent of them click on it, and then you can target that second more specific group to create lead conversion. I, I love this. So how do you how do you follow that customer and then target them specifically if they're not filling out a form? I, is that yeah. easy to do?
0: It is. This is one of the features of uh, of digital marketing that people don't know that much about and don't take full advantage of. The concept here, as you said, Ken, is uh, let's develop a target audience. We could be based on zip code or interests or whatever it may be. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, target a, a video ad at those people. And for every person that watches X percentage of that ad, you decide fifty percent, seventy five percent, twenty five percent. we can then, put all those people into another custom audience. And so just to be clear, what we're talking about here are cookies, right? These are not identifiable people necessarily, but we know that this custom audience is everyone who watched 75% of that prior video. And then you can imagine this like, okay, you got them to watch video number two, and then 75% of the people who watch video number two, we're gonna put into, a, you know, into the next level, which is video number three. And so this is the way that we, Move people down a funnel um, using, uh, you know, these very effective and very low cost ways of uh, of doing it. Some of the, you know, some of the the costs in Facebook, for example, around. Uh, some of this video advertising, you know, are a penny a watch, right? So, so it's uh, it can be very, very effective. And you know, essentially, what you're doing it's it's back to the storytelling thing. You're getting people to be a little bit knowledgeable, a little bit more knowledgeable, a little bit more knowledgeable. And at some point, if they're continuing to kind of follow the storyline you are much better in a much better position to go for a more specific call to action, you know, sign up to get a free evaluation, sign up for a free quote, whatever you choose as your call to action.
1: I think it's, I absolutely loved it when I saw, you know, what you talked about there on Facebook, you know, Mm. you you go from like 70,000 to 54,000 people, you get to watch the second video for a penny each. And I'm thinking, okay, that is so worth it for yeah. such an audience to get them through a second video, that, that's incredible. So yeah. uh, I, I do want to dive in to another completely different category for all these guys, because I, I it'd be wrong to let you go without doing it, but okay. Google Business Profile. <laughs> yes. So let's talk a little bit about that. I'm sure most contractors can go in, fill out their category. You know, we get one as insulators and some of them do other things, but uh, are there any secrets to how you fill them out?
0: Yeah, well, sadly, we are, you know, in the insulation sector, we have limited number of categories, right? So there's insulation contractor is really the primary one. Uh, that is my primary recommendation for anybody who's, you know, who's, who's leading with the envelope. There's also a category called insulation material store. There's also a category for you, Ken, called insulator supplier. So, uh, So there is no uh, penalty, you know, for using multiples of these terms. Uh, and so, so you always want to have the first one, um, you know, the primary one be the most important one. And I would argue, as I said, that insulation contractors won. So that's, that's, that's first and foremost. There's no other place on the internet where you are signifying to Google what the category of your business is that is as important as that. So that's that's starting point. And obviously, once it's done, that's uh, you know, it's not really much to do, right? Um, uh, if you happen to also have heating and cooling services, for example, you might switch those out seasonally. But other than that, you know, it's it's a set and set and forget kind of thing. Your
1: story on it, though, it, it does talk about how. You can go in and fill it out, but the keys to boosting its performance are to mention Q and A features, weekly posts, things like that. That's so, right. is there spots inside the Google Business Profile that I need to fill out a certain way? Or
0: here's the here's what you want to have happen. What Google is looking for is engagement, right? Meaning, uh, people are interacting with you in Google My Business, uh, Google Business Profile and you are responding. So there's a variety of features in there. There's request to quote, there's messaging, there's QA, and uh, there are posts, all of which in some fashion give the search engine, Google, this massive algorithm, an indicator of whether or not you are engaging and interacting with your customer base. And so, so the simple way to think about this is the more engagement you can demonstrate Uh, the better. And another form of engagement in, in the Google Business Profile, which is really an easy one, is reviews and responses to reviews. Oftentimes people think the only time I should ever respond to a review is if it's negative. Uh, we recommend responding to all of them, and and we've got lots of data on this with a couple of you know our clients that have just been really good at it, right? They're just the kind of people that say thanks so much for the review, uh, you know, great to have met your dog, whatever, whatever you want to say. That those are are also succeeding. So the watchword here here is engagement, and just look for every opportunity you can to be interacting with people uh, through that system called Google My Business.
1: Okay, you added another subject because now I'm curious. <laughs> so. I know that because there's an ocean of five-star reviews, Google has started to make reviews searchable by key term. We got a place in Arizona. There was a hundred scorpions. Literally, I killed a hundred. And so when I went in and searched, I searched the term scorpion. I wasn't just looking for any pest control person. So um, let me ask you this, because I don't know the answer to this. When you respond to someone who gave you a review and you ask them about certain aspects of a project and they respond back and actually name say it sound attenuation would that then become searchable yes yeah oh. um, you, you're
0: raising Thank the a, lord <laughs> <laughs> you are raising a very important uh point about the the evolving nature of reviews which is uh we are evolving beyond just the star averages uh and more and more to uh two buckets of kind of actual terms within the what people write in the review one is the nature of the quality of the work the professionalism of the work and the other is what the work was and so the extent to which we can get uh, we can we can prompt people when we ask for the review to talk about the, you know, the impact of the new insulation that we just installed for you, the to et cetera, uh, you know, to talk about the com- the new levels of comfort that exist or the perception of of health that exists. All of that is uh, for the good, right? And so so you can, as you say, there it tends not to be very much back and forth in a in a review uh, sort of response, but, if you, you know, if you you can definitely say, you know, Mrs. Jones, so glad we were able to get that um, you know, that bonus room insulated or fix your crawl space, what you know, any kind of keyword information like that you can get in there, that is all for the good. And just, you know, just don't overcomplicate this. What we're trying to do is signal constantly, 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 I'm in the business of insulation, of fixing bonus rooms, of fixing crawl spaces, et cetera. And those kinds of keywords in there uh, are are very, very effective.
1: Nice. So, <clears throat> you know, everybody listening wants to be in the three pack. Yeah, um, uh-huh. you know, the the first three you see when you search anything on Google. Yeah. Are there other things I could be doing to move that needle higher? I know someone said, check in at every job. Well, I don't even, you know, where do you check in? You know, do I just do it on my own blog? So, but, you know, what about that?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. So just to make sure everybody's clear on this, Google, sadly, uh, has a a significant bias uh, towards your uh, physical office location, right? And so typically somebody is searching insulation contractor, Dallas, uh, whoever has got a Dallas address is going to be, you know, is going is, has a leg up in terms of winning that search. And so, so that's something that Google has been saying for years that they intend to fix for service area businesses, because it's totally irrelevant, but they haven't done it. And I'm starting to not hold my breath anymore uh, for that to happen. Consequently, you have to do a lot of different things to signify the, the priority geographies in which you do work. And so there's lots of ways to do this. You can do city pages. I can have a page about you know insulation services in Dallas, insulation services in Arlington, whatever it may be uh, that is the priority for you. Uh, very important, we talked about case studies earlier. If you can put a geographic indicator on a case study, that is very effective. Uh, If you are going to put third-party reviews or testimonials on your own website, having uh, the location of that person, their name isn't that important. It can be Agatha J., uh, in Arlington, Texas, that is uh, that is what you want is the Arlington, Texas. So the more and more you can just have geographically oriented uh, uh, content on your website, the better. And the trick here is always to understand the unique ways in all parts of the country that people think about their geography. You know, there's this great term in in you know called Chicagoland, right? Well, so that's one of the things that that people search for. Uh, you know, in in New York. Uh, you know, Long Island in particular, people use Long Island and people use Nassau County and people use uh, uh, Babylon, New York, the name of the city. So, so you have to kind of know your area and the one piece of advice I would have here is beware of being a mile wide and and an inch deep. Um, It's, it's really important to prioritize because uh, it's hard to, you know, if you pick, you know, 50 cities that you're trying to win and rank in uh, in your service area, it's hard to really be good in in every single one of those, but simple uh, direction is more and more geographic content relative to your service area, the better.
1: Perfect. Uh, We could, Go on so much longer, but before we go, I I want to expand on one more thing. You you mentioned multi year plans to capitalize on these incentives coming. Yeah, I yeah. think that is wise. I I didn't think that all the way through before, especially with you know lower to moderate income customers. So yeah. can you talk about that?
0: Yes, the uh, so the, there's a couple things going on here. One is obviously the. Uh, the ability to use the tax credit year after year after year, uh, the ability to use some of these rebates uh, in, in multiple years, I think is going to have people thinking in a more of a multi-year kind of uh, mindset. And so, so again, back to the point that we have to engage people uh, and keep them interested bef- you know, for perhaps many, many months before the actual rebates are going to be available. What we're suggesting is offer a kind of a planning approach, right? We are going to determine... Uh, the rank order of what it's going to take to fix your house, Mrs. Jones uh, will will give you a plan to make sure that you are taking full advantage of uh, of the rebates that may be available, the tax credits that may be available if you're eligible for those or you, you need those. Uh, and also clearly, you know, the stack order of what's going to have the biggest impact in the short term in improving your house. And so, so we think that this kind of a longer term plan approach is the best antidote to this potential trough that's going to happen in the in the first three quarters of the year where people are like, I want these incentives, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to take any action uh, until they're actually available.
1: Well, Peter, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. That That is excellent. There were really some great nuggets our contractors can use to strengthen their position in the marketplace. Uh, you know, if any of them want to reach out and see how your team can help them, uh, where do they do that?
0: Yeah, thank you, Ken. Thank you so much for having me. So uh energycircle.com is our website, and there's an enormous amount of free uh resources there, uh, both about the IRA, but just about all things that we've talked about uh today. Uh, you can uh you can communicate with me directly at peter at energycircle.com or connect with me on LinkedIn if that's uh if that's your choice. And if anyone is potentially interested in working with us, uh, you know, the starting point is we do a free, absolutely free and no pressure evaluation. You know, the first thing we want to know is can we make a big impact on your business? And so we're going to do a deep dive. We're going to look at your website. We're going to look at what we can determine about how you're doing currently on, uh, you know, on the internet. And at that point decide, you know, yes, we think we could help you or, or, you know, no, we can't, you're doing great. So, so that's the entry point. It's very, very, uh, you know, High value, I, I think, and and you'll never get a, a, a pressure sales from from anybody at Energy Circle.
1: Awesome. The the other thing I want to say, I, you know, Peter, I, I'm very thankful for what you do, and want to give you a shout out for your service on the board of the Building Performance Association. I'm actually getting to do a podcast with Steve Skodak uh, next year on uh the changes in the organization and I think everyone should check out the organization I really like the direction the building performance associations going and all the stuff you guys are doing
0: yeah thank you Ken I I that is my primary you know give back uh to the industry as my service on the board and uh and I, I agree with you and I know you know this uh to be the case it's a you know, the, the events that the building performance association puts on and next year's conference in April will be in Seattle. Uh, there are regional conferences, really the, the content, uh, and I think the learning on every level, both, you know, technical as well as business side, uh, as well as policy side is really, I think the best I go to a lot of conferences and, uh, it's really, uh, it's really, really high quality. And, and I think more, Insulation contractors that are trying to do things differently. Uh, I think that is a really great place to go to, you know, to, to learn to, you know, be around peers that are doing it the way you're trying to do it. And so, um, uh, yeah, if anybody has any, any feedback, comments, desires in terms of the association, I'm all ears for that.
1: I think that's great. For those of you out there, hopefully we gave some great information today. If you want more information on marketing, reach out to Peter, reach out to your local IDI rep, reach out to any of us at Corporate, where we look forward to earning your business every day.